Yeah, my wife came home early, so I was able to get that all done. Well, that's good. All Especially because right. my kids not tired after the four and a half hour hike we did. Yeah, they're rolling around and wrestling, and uh, I don't even know what my life is. They you know, must screw, be the. They screw, must be the ones with all my energy. Screw Christopher Columbus is all I gotta say. He is. He hasn't done enough to hurt this great country. Now he's gotta throw a solo day of childcare at me. Come on, <laughs> dude. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 50 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is Friday, October 11th, 2019. In this week's episode, we'll be going over fantasy football week six. My name is Jeff Frisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. Um, Evan, how are you doing today? I'm ready to talk about football. All right. That makes one of us. Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Alrighty, so in today's episode, what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to preview every game this week. Since you're hearing this either on Friday evening or Saturday morning, that means that Thursday night football has already happened, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. If you found us through Twitter, through the website, through Facebook, wherever you might have found us, why don't you go ahead and head over to Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher and subscribe to us. That way you won't miss uh, any of our weekly episodes. And while you're clicking that subscribe button, why don't you go ahead and give us a rating. Uh, Five stars are preferred. Anything less than that, I will find you and I know where you live. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. My name is Jeff Crisco. That's K-R-I-S-K-O. It's also my Twitter handle. Mike is RFL Red Zone. The website is F Ball Absurdity. Evan is not on Twitter. He is on Facebook as Evan Hoovler. Uh, where you'll really want to chat with us is on our Discord. That can be found at tiny.cc slash absurdity. Again, tiny.c as in car, Derek Carr, C as in David Carr, uh, slash absurdity. And uh, you can uh, pop in there and uh, have a good chat. We have a ton of channels. Um, D- we just opened a DFS channel for you to, if you want to talk daily fantasy. We have lineup help. We have uh, trade advice. We have start sit. We have all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, if you want to help support the site, there's a few ways you can do it. One, if you check the link in the description, you will find a very sweet uh, T Public shirt that I am wearing right now, the hoodie version of it. It is uh, based off of a uh, legendary hero of uh, video games and uh, anything else is uh, intellectually uh, distinct from it. Please do not sue us. Any lawyers out there. Uh, Another way you can help us out is if you go to to the website support button up at the top, you can join our patrons Uh, at seven bucks a month. You get access to a patrons only channel in the discord that you can get uh, uh, advice from us pretty much immediately. And um, you also get an extra episode every week on that comes out on Tuesday nights that kind of reviews what we talk about um in in this uh in this episode uh finally we are brought to you by draft.com um if you go to draft.com slash absurdity drop in promo code absurdity and make a deposit uh you can get a three dollar tournament token that can be used on any tournament baseball basketball football hockey golf anything you want to use it on uh, you get a free three dollar token on us and it helps us out a lot so all right boys we got that out of the way Never takes as long as I thought. We're about three minutes into the episode, even though it felt like I talked for 25 years. So I'm going to stop talking after I intro Thursday Night Football, New England 35, New York 14, New York Giants. And it was closer than it sounds. It was uh, 21-14 until the fourth quarter when everything fell off. So uh, my notes here, Daniel Jones looked overwhelmed. Tom Brady didn't look like Tom Brady. 
Uh, what did you guys see um, in this one, Mike? What uh, did you get a chance to watch, or did you just uh, check the score? No, I did watch it. Uh, I think James White scored a touchdown. I am officially don't know what replay is anymore. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know why they have to make everything <laughs> confusing. Why is it all of a sudden they, they figured out what a catch is, but now they can't figure out what replay is. Uh, so, you know what? James White scored a touchdown. Put those six points on my scoreboard. And, yeah, there you go. All right. Not bitter at all. Evan, did uh, you get a chance to check it out? Oh yeah, I got Tom. I had Tom Brady, and Slayton, and the New England Patriots defense going. So I was all eyes on screen. And so you, so you disagree with Mike's assertion that uh, uh, it was a touchdown, right? It's that's Tom Brady's touchdown. Which one are we talking about? Or did James White? Is that the one that got stolen by? Uh, yes, uh, Bolden? that was the greatest because yeah, uh, my. Uh, Oh, is, are you talking about the sneak? Yeah. Interesting that Tom Brady was inches away from three rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Total. And Gronk, Gronk called one in the pregame, who uh, Rob Gronkowski debuted as a commentator. What did you think about his uh, WWE-style commentary in the pregame? He dude was nervous. He was very nervous. You could tell he was, and he just went back to you know what was the, the cheap move because. Because, you know, he could uh, comfortably do that. But if you watched him, he was just like, he couldn't stand still. He was all anxious. But he did all right. He was, I mean, he was Gronk. So um, I think people took, he he made a statement about how um, he always wants to keep the door open to coming back, which was, people are like, oh, I better pick Rob Gronkowski back up again because I love listening to rumors and um, wasting roster spots. He wasn't good last year. No. And um, and uh, speaking of guys that were stashed for years and haven't been good in a long time, Josh Gordon <laughs> got hurt. Um, don't have any updated information about Josh Gordon right now unless you guys got saw something today. What I what I know is that he should be fine, I think, going into next week, especially. Um, so, yeah, he was on a bike. I, I heard he's going to be OK. I okay. can't imagine the Patriots are going to give us any kind of reliable reliable information the day after a Thursday game. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, I, you, you never know. Um, so, uh, so for the running backs, uh, Sony Michelle did go over a hundred yards, uh, all told. So that worked out for you. If you started him, James White had his normal, uh, nine receptions, uh, for only a handful of yards. Uh, Brady had two rushing touchdowns, very weird game. Um, and this one, like I said, uh, it wasn't as, uh, uh, despite Daniel Jones looking completely overwhelmed, it was it was pretty close up until the fourth quarter when all the wheels fell off. And uh, and uh, I mean, he looked like a rookie going into Foxborough. Um, I mean, three interceptions. He he was a mess. He did exactly what we thought he would do. Um, Golden Tate had a really good catch. That was nice to see his connection with uh, Danny Dimes. But uh, John Hilleman, who people were hyping, I don't know why, because hey, when you guys start that rookie uh, running back on a short week. Uh, with a, a rookie quarterback in Foxborough. I mean, you got to jump all over that opportunity. He's well, got. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, just came across. They, it's not going to really matter because they released him. Yeah, that's what I was. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I was getting to. 13 touches, 35 yards, a lost fumble, and he's now a free agent. So they signed Buck Allen. Um, so you guys can go waste roster spots on Buck Allen now um, because you got to get a hold of that, you know, the third running back in that offense because we're all insane. So uh, anything else? They couldn't else you- convert it on second and one. That was in first drive. That was I was like, all right, this is they are who we thought they were. Moment. Well, yeah, it's John. <laughs> it's it's an undrafted rookie, and uh, you know, a rookie in what his third start. 
So it's like they they are who we thought they were. Like you said, it's <laughs> it was the Giants on a short week in Foxborough with a rookie quarterback. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like it was it was a buzzsaw. Uh, my season ended in my IDP league on that Kyle Van Noy touchdown. Uh, that was fun because my opponent had him and I was fighting for my life. So oh, God sorry bless. about that. God bless. It's all over. So um, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll move a, on. I have a quick stat that I've been researching on the fly right now. Uh, in 2007, in 2018, Bears are the best defense by 30 points. That their their finish would have put them uh, overall rankings uh, about the 60th when you line up all all fantasy players. 2017, Jacksonville Jaguars were pretty dominant. Their uh, score would have put them 45th among all players. Right now, do you know where the New England Patriots are ranked in terms of average points per game in fantasy compared to all players? Well, last week I dropped the stat that they were um, uh, on pace to get almost 100. I think it was like 85, 88 points more than yeah. the second highest of all time. So I'm going to go top 10, top five. I mean, nailed it. Like that. They are 10th. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Some some stupid team's going to draft them in the sixth round next year. Good luck with that. First round. <sighs> okay. Someone maybe is going a, to. Not me, but someone's going to draft them in the first round. Maybe in a defense only draft. Well, they'll they'll be worthy of Just going in the first draft. round. Just a noob draft. This is a noob draft, yeah. I mean, it, it, we'll see it, and in, in it, it'll be something that I'll get mad about in July, telling people that they're stupid when they have a seventh-round ADP, just like every year. There's some team that has a seventh-round ADP, and it never works out for you. Stop doing that. All right, boys. Is that all we want to talk about with uh, uh, New England and uh, New York? You guys got anything to add? I love the Patriots' defense. Okay. Thank you, Universe, for somehow tricking me into loving the Patriots. That's how they do it. That's how they wriggle under your skin. So, all right. So we're going to go ahead. I, I don't know where Mike went. I'm here. Okay. You just didn't respond. He's a Colts making, fan, dude. This, this making, makes him apoplectic. I was making sure you were still there. Why? Wow, that was two quarterbacks ago. <laughs> that rivalry's over. There's no more Peyton Manning there. All right. So uh, well, what we do is instead of, since we're only one podcast a week, instead of exhaustingly covering Every bit of news, uh, we don't have time to do that. We don't want to waste your time. So we do what we call the cover six, uh, the six uh, news stories that uh, we kind of consider, or to be honest with you guys, I do the show notes that I consider the most important to talk about for fantasy football going into this weekend. Um, but before we get into that, just some some guys off the top, just so you know, uh, these are some some fantasy football relevant players that showed up in the injury report that should be playing this weekend. David Johnson's looking likely to play. Chris Godwin's off the injury report entirely. George Kittle popped up on the injury report today with a groin injury, um, but um, Kyle Shanahan said he should play. Uh, Brandon Cooks is expected to be cleared from the concussion protocol, and Christian McCaffrey is off the injury report. McCaffrey was getting a, a vet's day, um, and everybody panicked and, Chris, and picked up Bonifon because um, uh, uh, McCaffrey didn't practice on Wednesday um, because he was just getting a vet's day. So, Mike, didn't you say that Bonifon wasn't the guy to go to, probably? No, I said there's there's a... Uh... There's also the rookie um, who's available as well. I think I think what he was saying, what Mike was saying about that, was that it was a shared situation, that it wasn't uh, going to be one guy, right, Mike? Yeah, we, we don't we don't really know who it's going to be. Um, so I mean, it could be Bonifon, it could be um, the name escapes me right now. The rookie, um, Jordan Scarlett. Scarlett, thank you. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you want to go pick up Bonifon, I ain't going to stop you. I mean, go for it. But to say that he's going to get the carries over Scarlet or Scarlet's going to get the carries over Bonifon, I don't know. 
Alrighty then. Okay, so now uh, we we got that away. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the cover six. The like I said, the six news stories that uh, are are probably the most relevant going into this weekend. Uh, number six, uh, Hunter Henry might actually play this weekend. He's stashed pretty much everywhere. He has a he had a tibial plateau fracture that everybody was talking about. How that ended up costing JJ Watt the season last year. Well. Hunter Henry is a is is an actual questionable to play on on Sunday night against the um the Steelers. So um, maybe don't don't slot him back into your lineup unless you're very desperate. Um, since it is Sunday night, it gives you less uh, flexibility. Um, but I mean, this is good news, guys. You guys have Hunter Henry stashed anywhere? No, I don't need that. I can start some other mediocre tight end I get from the waiver wire. Mike, what about you? Uh, just dynasty leagues. Just dynasty league, so I, uh, dynasty. I I ended up picking him up in our football absurdity experts league, where I am still in first place. So uh, maybe you guys should take a, a cue or, or two from me. Uh, maybe uh, stash a uh, a tight end that might get you off the tight end roulette. So um, Case Keenum, I am going to you. I know what you guys are going to say. Oh, he's Case Keenum. Well, guess what? Case Keenum had uh, uh, over 300 yards passing per game and uh, seven touchdowns in his three starts to start the year, and he gets Miami this week. So he gets uh, the number five slot in this. Case Keenum back from his foot injury against the team that gives up the most fancy points to quarterbacks, even with a new head coach, even with Jay Gruden gone. Uh, is he a streaming candidate for you guys or maybe a daily fantasy candidate because he is the functionally the cheapest quarterback on FanDuel? Is, he, is McLaren going? Uh, as far as I saw, yes. Sure, I'll stream him in a two-quarterback league, or if I'm desperate. Or if I'm in one of those leagues where everyone hoards quarterbacks that I hear about. Well, I was talking I, about I a, start him in my league right now. Is not even a two-quarterback league. That's what I was talking about, is in a one-quarterback uh, league. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 I was talking to Evan. My question was for a uh, one-quarterback league. Okay, and now I want... Mike can probably talk me into it. Talk me into it, Mike. Well, I, I have... I have Sam Darnold uh, going in my home league right now, and I would love to have Case Keenum <laughs> instead. Is this okay, the that's... is this the league that uh, that uh, prohibits people from running their rosters how they want to and has limits on on moves, Mike? That you texted me about? Yeah, exactly. We we only get seven mo- uh, seven roster moves per year. That's insane. Yeah, especially when you're like me who lost like four players before week one. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it really has put me in a bad bind. You know what I would do with that league going into next season? What's that? Find another one to play in and not that one. You know? <laughs> seven, seven moves? Yeah. That's insane. Is I, this the... Go ahead. What? How long is the best ball league. Yeah, how long has this league been going on? Oh, God, uh, 26 years now? Yeah, tell them you don't have to mail in your moves anymore. <laughs> open up, Open up the moves. That's... <laughs> Seven moves all year is just insane. That's it's 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 I don't I don't want to say it, but it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's an unacceptable number of moves. It's not even one move per week. So that's uh, uh, I, I could go I could do a whole show with you guys about this league and the rules that are just mind boggling on why we still have them and why we still do them. Like kickers. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Case Keenum, I think he's a great streaming candidate this week and it's a uh uh, with a great matchup because he played well. New head coach uh, might uh, kneecap him, but uh, we'll see how that goes this week. I think uh, he he deserves a spot here because um, uh, it was a quarterback carousel, and now that's solved. So again, like 
in a two quarterback league or even a one quarterback league, I'd get get him get him going. So uh, I'm in it. Let's all right, it. there you go. Christian Kirk, game time decision. He's had uh, eight targets in three out of his four games. He uh, he had an ankle injury that cost him last week, but now he's back, uh, or he should be back. Game time decision um, against the Falcons. Uh, who have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Um, you can remember them from last week, from Will Fuller running all over them and scoring. Hey, everybody gets 50 points every week. Scoring almost five touchdowns because he ended up down at the one or two a couple times. But um, Christian Kirk, they play at uh, 1 o'clock. So um, are you guys sitting around waiting for Christian Kirk, or are you slotting somebody else in there? Because here are the other teams that you can choose from if you uh, have to swap out Kirk. Uh, Niners, Rams, uh, Atlanta, obviously, Tennessee, Denver, Dallas Jets, Pittsburgh Chargers, Detroit, Green Bay. So last week we were talking, or a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Chris Godwin. We couldn't sit around waiting for him because um, it was uh, one of the last games and there weren't a lot of options. With this one, it kind of feels like there's a lot of options. So if it's me, I'm waiting around to s- and I'm just paying real close attention to my phone for Christian Kirk. I think he has the outside there. Um, Evan, what do you think? I'm glad you brought that Godwin thing up because what I chose to do was leave Godwin in and if he was out, pick up like uh, Cortland Sutton if he's available or Deshaun Hamilton or whoever. Uh, This week, as you pointed out, that's even more in play. I'm leaving Kirk in and if he goes out, uh, Mohamed Sanu is available in the leagues where I have him. And I'll I'll, I'll roll Mohamed Sanu and feel okay about it. Or one of those other guys you mentioned. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, I won't leave him in for game time decision and not start a guy early. Yeah, Mohamed Sanu is a nice, clean... uh, pivot because it's the same game mike are you waiting around for uh christian kirk yeah i would uh and i would have someone already i, I would have plan b in mind already in case kirk, kirk doesn't go but yeah there, there's no reason not to wait around to see if he's a, a go or not okay yeah there's there's a lot of options in this one like i i, I won't list them all again but we've got six games at christian kirk's time slot or later so you've got plenty of uh, uh, a wide receiver talent that you can pivot to. So he's so worth it. Week, there was two late afternoon games this week. There's like a billion what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. And we even have the 6:30 AM London game to, to spread out the, the, the schedule. So I'm not sure what, what they were doing there. And by like a billion, I mean four. That's twice as many as last week, mathematically yeah. <laughs> or two. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, two plus two or two times two. A uh, weird quirk of math. It's the same, guys. I bet you didn't know that. That's a uh, that's a fun fact for you. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, next one up. Uh, this is a, a double dip. Tyreek Hill is a true game time decision. Uh, he might be back this week, and Sammy Watkins is doubtful and trending towards not playing this week. So, uh, Nicole Nicole Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle, who was the man last week, um, Demarcus Robinson. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're they're kind of all in play because I don't I don't see Tyreek Hill really playing this week and if he does I bet he's more of a decoy because um, he's got to get his his shoulder back I mean didn't he just get the sling off or am I crazy there Yeah you're I think not crazy a couple weeks ago a couple weeks ago at this point Yeah and, and so. he can afford to wait you know what I mean they're not in win now mode. Yeah, he might be active, but I can see him like, I don't know if you guys remember about three, four years ago, there was a game, a Thursday night football game where Gronk was hurt and he ended up being active and he was literally just decoy, no targets. I don't remember, but I'm sure I started him. Yeah. And um, this could be that situation for Tyreek Hill because it was a shoulder thing. So if they have him running nine routes, well, he can still run nine routes. And if he just doesn't get the football, he doesn't get the football. But you always have to account for Tyreek Hill. 
Let so me ask you a question you probably know. Oh, sorry. Finish it up. Go for it. Let me ask a question you probably know better than me, uh, Mike and Jeff. Uh, Kansas City's uh, wide receivers, who's the deep guy and who's the slot right now? With Hill out? If Hill's out? Well, the if it's uh, Pringle, Robinson, and Hardman, Nicole's going to be your, your deep guy. And uh, Robinson's going to be more your Sammy Watkins guy. No. So that's why. No. Oh. no. Flip it. DeMarcus is the deep guy. That's not why they drafted McCole Hardman, though. Yeah, I, I know that they put they drafted McCole Hardman to to take over Tyree Kill's role, but he's not he, he he's not a very good deep uh, wide receiver. Uh, even even in college, you could look back at his at his track record and see that he really struggles tracking the ball deep, uh, where Demarcus Robinson doesn't. So. Yeah, it, it's Robinson's a deep guy, and Cole and Hart. I mean, Hardman can do the deep run, but they're going to target Robinson each time for that. Uh, they're eight, both their A dots over fourteen, so they're the answer is kind of we're both kind of right. <laughs> they're both the same. I mean, they're they they both are. Their average at the target is both over fourteen. That so. makes sense on the Chiefs, where you just yeah. get a random dude deep all the time. Yeah, yeah it's all deep guys, really. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is they're all deep guys. Yeah, so they're both their A dots over fourteen. So. Um, and what is ADOT again for those who average, are listening who don't understand, which is definitely not me, but explain it to me like I don't know. Average depth of target. The average amount of time the ball was in the air on a, on a target to that player. Or imagine, not not time, distance. So uh, deep shot guys have a, long, a deeper average depth of target. Pretty much every running back has a negative one because they're, all they're getting is uh, swing passes and screens and stuff so it's the it's the number of yards down the down the field that the uh, average pass travel is going to that particular uh wide receiver so if you hear about air yards it's the same theory but air yards is is average depth of target times uh targets or you want to do it the other way average depth of target is air yards divided by targets all right i'm gonna stop rambling about a dot so um so yeah next one out this one is actually shocking uh todd Gurley doubtful a hamstring injury. So, uh, Whoa. <laughs> not at all sarcastic. God, Todd Gurley, people, get off the train. All right, back to you, Jeff. Uh, so what I was saying was he's got a quad injury, which popped up late in the week that even um, uh, the Rams were kind of surprised about because they were they haven't played since last Thursday. So um, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with his knee injury uh which was the the problem but um not quite certain they're 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 not being very forthcoming about what what caused it so um i would just say get get todd Gurley out of your your lineups and people are talking about malcolm brown but i'm not excited about malcolm brown given that the niners have given up the fewest fancy points to quarterback or sorry running backs this season um I mean, they. Oh yeah, I had a I had a come right moment where I was like, oh, I'm gonna go pick up Malcolm Brown. Ha ha! Here he is in this league. These guys are suckers. Here he is in that league. Here, he, wait, why is he available in every league? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I mean, you, you, they don't have a no running backs hit 100 total yards against him yet this year, and there's no touchdowns. So, I he might get the touchdown. They're talking about unleashing Daryl Henderson. I have a feeling if it's not Todd Gurley, it's going to be kind of a mess and. I'm not super excited about dipping my toe into that water. Isn't it funny that he had like 67 snaps last week and Malcolm Brown, I think he had like four and now he's hurt. 
Yeah, almost like they should have used Malcolm Brown more because uh, Todd Gurley has a, a leg issue. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Yeah, Did wonder... you get arthritis in the quad? Uh, no. There? no, you can't get arthritis <laughs> in the quad. <laughs> All right, last bit of news. Devontae Adams is unlikely to play Monday against the Lions. Um, so um, I think this one, if you have the ability to pivot to a Geronimo or an MVS. You might want to wait around for Devonte Adams, but it's more of a desperation thing. If you have a player that you would like to play, I would go ahead and play over Devonte Adams because the, the word is not good out of the Packers camp. It's not a, uh, uh, Oh, we'll see, or this, that, and the other it's they're They're planning on uh, not having a Devonte Adams. It sounds like. So yeah. I'm probably not a Willie Sneed and a Slayton in my big money league. Sorry, what was that? In my big money league, I'm rolling out Willie Sneed and Slayton. Is that because of Devontae Adams? Yeah, and I also have Allen Robinson and one other guy who's on by. I don't remember. Oh, well, that sounds like a, a hoot. Mike, what were you going to say? Um, I forgot. All right. not have been that important. <laughs> Fair enough. All righty. So uh, that'll do it for the news this week. Again, just to run it down real quick, Hunter Henry is questionable to play this weekend. See if he's out there in your league. Uh, if you're playing that uh, tight end roulette, he might uh, end end that game for you within the next couple of weeks. Case Keenum is back from a foot injury. I'd stream him this week. Mike would stream him this week. Evan got on board. Christian Kirk is a game-time decision. Go ahead and uh, hang on to him to uh, in a starting spot. Um, see if you can might be able to pivot into him. And and just so just as an aside, do that in your flex spot because that gives you more flexibility of uh, if you need to pivot to a tight end or a running back there. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. Uh, Tyreek Hill, true game time decision. Sammy Watkins, doubtful. Um, Todd Gurley, doubtful. Don't bother pivoting to um, Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. Sounds like uh, it's a bad matchup for them. And Devontae Adams, unlikely to play Monday with his toe injury against the Lions. So, all right. So before we get to week six, I just want to remind everyone, draft.com, promo code absurdity. Go ahead, uh, drop that in there. If you want to do the best part of the season every week, it is the draft. Uh, It is a normal snake draft. You just go ahead, go to draft.com, promo code absurdity, and drop in 10 bucks, and they'll get you a $3 token, and it'll help us out a lot. Again, draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity, and you could be drafting a snake draft right now for daily fantasy for this weekend. And you can do it every week for every sport. It's a lot of fun. It takes about five minutes to do a draft. So you can really scratch that itch that you, uh, you wish you could just start over because the draft you did in July and August, <laughs> it's just not cutting it. It's just not cutting it. So why don't you head, go try again. That's a draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. So, all right. Now I don't know got... if the people at home have noticed it, but all three of us have been making big waves in daily fantasy predictions too. So, you don't even have to think about it. Just listen to us. Yeah. So, all right. Next, uh, let's go ahead and get started on the games this week. So what we do, if this is your first episode of the podcast, uh, we don't talk about the games themselves. We t- we uh, Well, we do, but the way that we do it is instead of saying, oh, I would start this player, I would sit that player. Uh, we talk about what we're looking for this weekend in the matchups, um, and then that's kind of how we uh, preview the games, and then we review it by answering the questions that we asked today. That review episode is available, as I said, every Tuesday uh, to our patrons, uh, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, or support the show, or the support button at the top of footballabsurdity.com. All right, so first one up, the Sunrise Bowl in London, Carolina, technically at Tampa Bay. 
uh, playing in um, in London. Like I said, it's a 6.30 a.m. Pacific start, uh, so none of us will be watching it. Actually, uh, I'll be watching it, and so will Evan because he has uh, kids. But Mike's smart kid. enough to sleep in. Yeah, yeah. I'm sleeping in. Yeah, 47.5 point over under. Carolina, two-point favorites on a true neutral field. And Evan wants to know... Um, what Evan's looking for is Carolina taking advantage of the matchup, um, to maybe rest Christian McCaffrey, who has by far the most touches out of anyone in the league and, um, the ramifications of that. Yeah. I've got McCaffrey under a microscope cause he's so instrumental to my big teams at this point. So I want to, I want to know, is this, is your team smart enough to, you know, take off the gas against the Tampa Bay, uh, offense that or sorry, a Tampa Bay defense. That is the allowing the sixth most points per game to quarterbacks, give them a rest. If so, great, everything's fine. You're not going to milk your cash cow too much. But if they continue to ride Chris McCaffrey, I am studying the college tape of all of the backups, like a hawk trying to figure out if there's some chance that there won't be a running back by committee if he goes down and I can get whomever is going to ba- whoever is going to back him up. Uh, that's how good Christian McCaffrey is this year. Is I'm just I'm I'm at the micromanagement point because he's so valuable. And as Jeff pointed out earlier, he had he he did take a vet's day. Maybe it's nothing. He did report a sore back though, so I'm start. I just you know he's so valuable. I just anything, anything uh, makes me kind of blow up, blow up my perception of it. All right, and so Mike wants to know. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey can reach 65 rushing yards, is, uh, is there a particular reason why he chose that specific number? Yes. Um, so, yeah, the Bucks um, in the first game, week two, against the uh, Panthers, they only held they held McCaffrey to only 37 yards. And then, uh, then the game against the Saints, Kamara only rushed for 62 yards. So I'm assuming that McCaffrey is going to get a lot more than 37 but I'm just wondering if he's going to get much more than than uh, Kamara. So I just said, okay, 65. 65 sounds like a good number. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll allow 70. Uh, You'll allow 70? I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out of the booth. Uh, no. The Tampa Bay, the, the other reason is that Tampa Bay only allows just 70 yards per game which uh, is second in the NFL and three point yards per carry, which is first in the NFL. So, so these bucks, you know, even though they're, they're, they're definitely a weak defense, they can really sort of stop that run and 65. Can he really do that? I guess we'll see. I'm torn because week two was Thursday night football before it figured out how to not be garbage, which it seems to have done. But on the other hand, uh, Mike did call Dalvin Cook's yardage exactly in his tough match- matchup That's two weeks true. ago. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I want to argue, but also, I don't know, Mike's the, the, Mike's the prescient guy about this stuff. I think Mike scaled it back five yards just so that he uh, wouldn't have a push again. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I, I actually did put up 65 or more. So I'm like, okay, 65 or more, they're – there's definite right there, and yeah, I I don't, yeah, I don't see him getting more than seventy yards. You did say you would allow seventy. I, I did, I did say I he I would allow seventy, but that's just because Tampa Bay only allows seventy yards per game. Have you speaking of Dalvin Cook, vis-a-vis Christian McCaffrey, have you changed your stance about Dalvin Cook and his seventy yards? Yes, I have. 
This week I have. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I told you guys. Well, at first I said Alvin Kamara, but then I said Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's been a beast. And uh, it's, uh, you know, everybody who had him fourth out of the big four, like me. Um, well, actually, no, third because of uh, Zeke Elliott's uh, uh, potential holdout. But everybody who had him between, behind uh, Barkley and uh, Kamara are. I think we've learned our lesson. So what I'm wondering is if I'm wondering if the coaching staff, which coaching staff learned their lesson from week week two, because like Evan said, it was from Thursday night football before uh, they figured out how to make Thursday night football not vomit all over itself. It was an ugly game. I looked up the score. It was 20 to 14. And I go, 2014, 14, 14, 14. I don't remember. I don't remember the Panthers. Who scored the touchdowns? Oh, no, 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 no. It was Four field goals and a safety. So that, <laughs> that's the weirdest way to roll that. <laughs> so, because <laughs> I, I like saw you this. hit on blackjack eight times and get 21. Somehow. Yeah. I saw the score and I was like, four. I was like, I, I watched every second of that game. I don't remember. I remember being disappointed the Panthers didn't score a touchdown because that was my takeaway. It was, it was, uh, you know, can we trust the Panthers' offense? Because like they, nobody scored a touchdown. Cam Newton was struggling. And then it was like, oh, that's right. And uh, that was an ugly game all around. I mean, Chris Godwin was the only guy that you were really happy to start. Peyton Barber was everybody was sitting him because uh, Ro- Rojo had the big game in week one against the Niners. And then Rojo had four carries. So what I want to see is, uh, you know, did Bruce Arians learn from week two? Because this is the first rematch of the year out of any teams. So I want to know, did Rojo or did Bruce Arians learn from week two? And he's going to feed Rojo the ball. Did Ron Rivera learn from week two and, and you know, have Ka- uh, Cam Newton instead? <laughs> so Or have uh, Kyle Allen instead of Cam Newton? So I'm, I'm interested to see which coaching staff learned from their first matchup. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for in this one is uh, uh, who, who does something different in this one? Like, uh, I don't know, give Mike Evans 121 receiving yards or something like that. Please do. Please do. I need that. All right. ASMR section over. ASMR. Next oh, dang, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game up. Seattle at Cleveland. No. Yeah, Seattle at Cleveland, 46.5 point over under. Seattle, one point favorites on the road after uh, – interesting fact here. Um, Seattle uh, played on Thursday night football last week. Cleveland played on Monday night football. The Rams played on Thursday night football last week, and the Niners played on Monday night football, and they play each other. So without buys, it's the biggest discrepancy in um, – rest time that you can get so that's really cool for the nfl to schedule it that way that i'm it not that buys after freaking short weeks yeah for short weeks yeah it should be by then short week i agree i agree with evan I'll, I'll call roger goodell i'll ask so um yeah seattle at cleveland 46 and a half point over under seattle one point favorites and uh evan wants to know a question that i hope the answer to is yes which is in the short evan wrote a book but I want to say uh, that what what he asked was, is this a trap game? Yeah, uh, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> I see a lot of people picking up Seattle, even people picking up Seattle over. And this don't do a spit take, but Seattle over Dallas. I saw people asking questions about. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and, and I'm like, this has the makings. I'm not saying it will be. I'm not even saying it has more than a one in five chance of being. But it has the makings of a trap game. Uh, Cleveland did step to Baltimore, who has a uh, touch-and-go defense. I don't know how to else describe it. Uh, uh, bad? This those, yeah, this is one of those ones where it points out, yeah, they're bad, aren't they? This I got a, I got a stat for you later on that tells you how bad they are. So, 
Yeah, they are bad. Uh, there's a there's a there's a lot going for Seattle here. Uh, they're at home, right? Uh, Seattle, no, they're on the road. Oh. Okay, good. Well, even more then. Uh, Cleveland's looking like garbage against the Niners. Seattle's four and one. Russell Wilson's looking like tier B MVP candidate. Uh, people people are penciling in Seattle, but Cleveland does have the ability to score on once in a while. They'll go off. You no, know? once in a while is a good way to put it. Yeah, once this season so far, uh, they have. Uh, I guess the home field advantage, you know, uh, it, it just, it feels like one of those ones where I'm like, I can't pencil in, uh, uh, a sure thing. Like with, you know, the Patriots over the giants this week or Cowboys crushing the jets. This doesn't feel quite like that. It feels like the one that could come back and bite you. If you go all in on that as a Niners fan, I sure hope so. So as a Seattle, not fan who doesn't care about the Niners. Me too. Yeah. So, Kind of a corollary to that. Uh, Mike's curious if Russell Wilson is a smart play this week. Yeah. Uh, so against the Browns, I think everybody's just like, oh, my God, they're just getting tore up and and let's throw everybody out there. But I think we have to remember what the Seahawks are and they're a running team. And we saw what sort of the 49ers duo did to the Browns last week. And the Seahawks have a pretty good duo themselves and Carson and Penny. Um, and check that article out, uh, Fantasy Absurdity, with uh, that, that that I was very very happy to see Penny on the cover there. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and I think we're thinking the same thing. You know, I, I really believe that both of these running backs could could go over 100 yards. With that being said, they're going to be focusing on the run. Then the pass takes a takes sort of a, a step back and. I can really see this just game being dominated by the run. The the run sort of sets the stage. They're they're up by quite a bit on the Browns, and now there's really no need to pass. So you got to run game script. The the game is is in um you know a big lead for Seattle, and both of those are going to take away from Russell's, Russell Wilson as someone who's you know going to be throwing the ball. So I would definitely temper expectations, even though Russell Wilson is probably one of the hottest quarterbacks playing right now, to sort of say, okay, what's the situation? How is this going to be played? And if you have someone that's in, say, the top five, because Russell Wilson was a late pick this year, if you have someone in in that area, then I would definitely make a play over over Russell Wilson, who's very who's on a hot streak. Wow. Who's the quarterback? Just, okay, I found this on. Uh, hold on oh, a second. We have, uh, a, we have a robot input. Yeah, Siri just yeah. the dog. Hold on, Mike. Did you call it fantasy absurdity? <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I've done that for I don't know how long. Football <laughs> absurdity. Football well, I mean, there we do. We are based on the uh, market gap where people aren't making making light of the uh, emotional part of fantasy football enough. But so I can see why that happened. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes from football absurdity, dude. Read it. Football God, absurdity. Actually, actually, comes from my PayPal, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your PayPal receipt. Um, yeah. But uh, but start sitting Russell Wilson this week. That's uh, that's spicy. I'm 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 oh, not sure. Sorry. I would have, I'm I totally not sure. I would, that take. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would like, have the. You said fantasy absurdity on purpose just to distract us with the smoke <laughs> from that take. Uh, I got wow. the voodoo going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean. 
I'm not sure, Mike. I, I can I I have I'm gun shy to take a, a, a an alternative stance to you after the Raheem Mostert, David Johnson spat. But uh, uh, I'll just go with we'll see. How, how about that? So, so just to define this, if this were a bet, which it is not, uh, would Russell Wilson, to fulfill Mike's prophecy, need to finish outside of the top twelve for quarterbacks? Is that pretty much the benchmark? Uh, yeah. Or sit. Okay. I don't know. I just want to track I, this. What what uh, you're 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 saying to exercise caution with Russell Wilson. So I, you I don't would, have to you don't have to pinpoint a spot, but where do you see him like realistically ending up? Or is it a hey he could dump all over your week sort of thing? I think it's both. I, I, I if I have a ten top ten, and and I'm and I'm saying that cautiously, top ten quarterback right now, I'd go with the top ten quarterback. What okay, about so uh, outside the top? Hmm. I want to quantify this. I want to check this out. I want to see Mike's because Mike's been like, as Jeff pointed out, Mike hits on these too much for us to like totally dismiss them. All right. Uh, so I want to track. I want to quantify this. I, I'm I'm trying to scope this out. Like when you watch uh, movies and uh, they make first contact with the alien and they're just kind of like scoping it out. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what to think of this. That's kind of how I feel right now. Because I, I could see it. They're in the bottom half in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They are at home. They do have a chip on their shoulder because they got smashed out of the building in San Francisco. Uh, Mike, you put me in a bad spot. I don't Let's know. Let's say outside of top 10. Outside of top 10. Okay. Okay. Mike, would you start Jameis or Russell Wilson? Um. I would start Jameis. What? Okay. Uh, Jared Goff or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Correct, because Jared Goff sucks now. All right, speaking of players who suck now, I'm going to move on before we sit here and scratch our heads for an hour about this Russell Wilson take. Now that's the only thing I'm going to be able to pay attention to this weekend is this Russell Wilson. Uh, that was exciting. That's I why know. we started a bets, a bets channel in our Discord because yeah, it got some it, spicy takes. Yeah, it cleared up my headache wonderfully because I, I guess I, I just needed a spicy take. Like, it was uh, so spicy, it cleared your sinuses. Yeah, as I was going to say, it cleared my sinuses. Right I did up. I step on your joke again. Ah. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you got to be fast. I'm going to call, call you Bigfoot because you step all over everything. Uh, my question, it's for one specific person in this game. It's Odell Beckham Jr. What are you doing, man? He has a 53.5% catch rate. He has one game over 75 yards. And without the big play against the Jets defense, uh, we're totally boned with OBJ. And you can say, hey, it's a, a Baker Mayfield problem. But last week, there were two passes that were on OBJ. And OBJ catches those passes in New York. And and I don't know what he's doing. One, I think he got spooked by Richard Sherman. It was it was just a short uh, you know, dump off, not even in the flat. It was just he kind of tried to juke uh, uh, juke uh, Richard Sherman and jump back for, to get the pass, and he just straight dropped it. And there was another one that uh, it was a little more difficult, but I don't know what's going on with Odell Beckham. I don't know if it's a uh, he got paid thing or he has an issue with um, uh, Baker Mayfield. But I mean, if I was Evan, I would say that he's droppable. But, <laughs> but droppable. It's, it's droppable. But he's <laughs> got no one. How have I been married for ten years? Is what I really wonder. <laughs> he's so he has seven points in the last two weeks. He has a buy going in, in in week seven. So my question is: is 
between the Seattle game and the bye, does he get more than seven points? So does he score seven points this weekend? And I'm not so confident that he does. Because like I said, um, he has uh, four catches for 13 or four catches on 13 targets for 47 yards in the last two games combined. Like, can he go four for 47 in this game? <laughs> like, can he do that in one game? That's what I need to see from Odell Beckham. Or we're starting to have a uh, serious question about what we're going to do with him because uh, this offense just looks to be completely disjointed. And uh, it might be matchups. Uh, uh, I mean, San Francisco has been a good defensive matchup this year, um, but he balled out against Tennessee, which has been good. Baltimore has been a bad matchup. Uh, I mean, a good matchup. And he just went two for 20. So I want to know what the heck's going on with Odell Beckham. That's what I'm looking for in uh, Seattle and Cleveland, as well as Seattle losing. That's what I'm really looking for. So, You, you know, what's interesting, too, is that normally in these kind of situations, where you see sort of a passing game sort of falter a bit is because they don't have a run game. But obviously that's not the case with Nick Chubb. So it's it's really interesting to see a passing team that has all those weapons sort of fall in their face when they have a running game as well. Oh, yeah. also, sorry, please. Keep no, going. go My, for it. I go. Go. In Seattle, fans are the worst news. Annie, what did you find on the train this week? Oh, a Seattle warm-up jacket. They can't even hold on to their merch that they spent like 50 to 100 bucks for. All right. So I think that I think because they can't hang on to the merch, I'm going to give Cleveland the edge here. So, all right, next game up, Houston at Kansas City in what should be a freaking uh, shootout. It's the highest over under the week, 55 points. Uh, with Kansas City as only four-point favorites, probably has to do with all the... I'm surprised this one um, is being offered, given how many question marks are in the air with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Pat Mahomes' ankle. I'm surprised this one wasn't off the board, but I was able to find odds for it. Um, Evan's question was facetious. I was just reading it for the first time. Uh, Mahomes versus the misaligned... Misalign, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes versus, versus much maligned Houston secondary. All right, hold on. Patrick Mahomes versus Invisalign <laughs> braces. Who wins? Next sponsor. Yeah. I said I love I love speaking to Patrick Mahomes and misinterpreting things. I love how they think he's now in those Aaron Rodgers insurance commercials for. For I don't care. Who cares? And State I love Farm. how they, I love how they think that I'm following the plot. So that I know that this insurance agent that Aaron Rodgers punks is evil for some reason. But I'm not following the plot. So every commercial is just, why is Aaron Rodgers being mean to this hardworking guy? This blue guy, this, this hardworking everyman. I don't understand. It's just, it's not hitting it. But yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, you hate straight farm agents. There's no, the right. not that. Not that. This is real insurance guy hours. I work for an auto insurance company. It's one of the biggest ones. If you've heard of 10 of them, you've heard of this one. I, I intentionally don't say which one I work for, though. It's not State Farm. But there's two trees in it. <laughs> All right, Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> um, nice but, yeah, um, but the reason they do these commercials and the reason they have you, they do things in them where you go, why are they doing that? It's intentionally to brainworm to to shove a brainworm right into your head because there was all kinds of research that showed the only thing that matters when choosing insurance is that it's the first insurance that you think of. So Geico figured that out first. Again, not a company that I work for. Um, you can, <laughs> I'm dropping clues so you can narrow it down. Um, 
And that's why Geico did it first. And everybody's like, this doesn't make sense. Their ad campaign is so disjointed and, and weird. And, and everybody was talking about it. And then you had Mayhem. And then you had Flow. And then you had the University of Farmers. And you had all these different I like Flow. entities that all you're doing is like just trying to brainworm into your head so that they're the first insurance you think of. So, Evan, they don't care if you care. All they care about is that you go, what is happening here? And then you start talking about State Farm because guess what happens? State Farm moves up in your head. So sure, Evan, sure, but uh, Aaron Rodgers' Q played. value goes you've down. You've been had. You've been played. You've been hoodwinked, bamboozled. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers' Q value goes down. Who cares? His, his dollar goes, value, his well, his dollar value goes up. His do agent cares. They're not going to hire him if they're like, wow, that guy's a dick. <laughs> do, do you think that when, like, Aaron Rodgers came to audition and got the job. They just said, okay, Aaron, just be yourself. Go. Wait, do you think Aaron Rodgers auditioned? <laughs> yeah, he no more auditioned than people okay, actually auditioned okay. for reality TV. Hey, hey. Their well, agent just hooks it up. Wasn't, wasn't it, God, what was it last year? They had a football player that uh, was, like, going to all these different auditions. And Yes, Favre. I know exactly. Favre. Yeah, and they're all like, oh, we, 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 we don't want to, and yeah, take a hike. The hilarious part was he tweeted before that broke. He was like, I just had an interview with ESPN. They're a great company, but I think I'm going to go a different way. And you're like, okay, you bombed your interview, bro. That's not, you can't, like, paint over this. All right, so speaking of Brett Favre, Mike wants to know if uh, this is the game where de- let, let me just steer let me just take this a uh, disra- uh, derailed train and try to put it back on the tracks here. Uh, uh, is this the game that DeAndre Hopkins returns to form against the Kansas City Chiefs? To remind you guys, we are talking about Houston at Kansas City. <laughs> just to go back, if you if you guys <laughs> lost, what ask a very vague, easy answerable question. Is we're like ah, we got to fill time. Uh, yes. Uh, podcast, the thing that notably have to fill time. Um, Mike, so what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins this weekend? And, and you know, speaking of what, State Farm is red and so are the Chiefs. So. <laughs> oh, oh God, man. <laughs> I'm going to turn this car around. Respect <laughs> the tracks. <laughs> so, looking at DeAndre Hopkins and sort of as you're mentioning about um, Odell Beckham, I mean, we have all these number one receivers that are really struggling, but DeAndre Hopkins' last four games, 5 for 40, 6 for 67, 5 for 41, 7 for 88. That's a total of 23 catches for 236 yards, no touchdowns, 10.2 yards a catch. And that's his, obviously his lowest of his career. So sooner or later, I thought it would be last week. It wasn't. Um, you know, 788 is not bad, but that's not DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I, I'm thinking that this week will be the, his get back to his normal self. The, the, the Hopkins that we saw in game one where he's caught over 100 yards and two touchdowns. He might not get two touchdowns, but he is going to get in the end zone. So play him like you're going to anyways. But, yeah, he's struggling, but I think he gets back to his norm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, the Chiefs defense that he's going up against, um, they are not a great matchup. Um, but uh, uh, we'll see. Um, I mean, he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of those uh, those guys that should be matchup proof. So I would like to see him get back on track, uh, just because it's um, 
not uh, not fun when uh, no. DeAndre Hopkins isn't isn't killing the NFL. So um, my question is also about a wide receiver, which is uh, Will Fuller. And it was, will his stats be Fuller this week? <laughs> um, if you guys remember, Will Fuller uh, had 217 uh, receiving yards, three touchdowns. He had a he had a, a passable quarterback's day uh, with the three touchdowns there uh, and 217 yards. And I don't think he's going to do that again. But uh, if Kenny Stills still isn't playing, I think it's another opportunity for Will Fuller uh, to uh, take advantage of, of um, the opportunity to uh, go deep and uh, um, and uh, score uh, for you guys. I mean, I'm looking here. So they've 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 if you scan their their quarter or wide receivers that they've played against um, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones are uh, the only uh, teammates to have uh, an average depth of target over 13 and a half with 20% market share. Uh, the Detroit Lions are built around um, throwing the ball deep and they got 67 yards and two touchdowns for Galladay, 77 yards for Marvin Jones. But then at Marquise Brown, he had nine targets to get two catches and 49 yards. So uh, it is a question of what uh, what will win out. And I'm curious to see um, if it was a Will Fuller thing finally breaking through or if it was just a, um, you know, uh, 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 who the heck did they play last week? <laughs> Atlanta. Sorry, my brain turned off for a second. Uh, or if it's an Atlanta secondary thing, which it might just be. Uh, he might have gotten all his regression out of the way at once. So we should call it the Atlanta tertiary. Washington at Miami. Is this right? I hope Washington. you like etymological jokes, people. You lexicographers out there, love know what I'm talking about. Lexicographers. All right. You come. You come for the fancy football advice. You stay for uh, let's see, insurance, uh, advertising strategy, and lexicographers. Um, so next game up on this one is, uh, Washington at Miami. Uh, it's the who cares bowl 41 point over under Washington, three point favorites. Uh, Evan wants the, Evan is not really a question. Evan's more beseeching the universe. To troll. Evan's in a question mark. That makes it a question. <laughs> he, well, you can beseech with a question. I just universe. I have a question universe. All of these people have been like, oh, I'm going to start Preston Williams, and I'm going to start Pooh Richardson, whose name is literally Pooh. I don't, I, 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 I'm going to go... Wait, wait, wait. Well, Pooh Richardson is an NBA player, or wasn't Oh, right. It? Who's Richardson on a... Paul Richardson. Okay, cool. Well, you can see why I made that switcheroo. And just, Universe, will you please just troll all these people with, like, a nice 6-3 to three game that shows that, like... I could put my three-year-olds against the worst secondary on the planet and still no one's going to score. Come on. Also, my kids are six. I don't know how I messed that up. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I know what the, what the image for this episode is going to be. It's going to be Pooh Richardson. So, all right. Uh, Mike, uh, I feel I like feel uh, this, is, this, this is this is the yang to Evan's yin on your question, uh, which is you want to know who's startable in this game. Yeah, I, I do, and I really don't know the answer to that. Uh, Case Keenum. Um, Case Keenum, maybe, yeah, Terry McLaurin. One uh, player. One player. Kool-Aid now. Four Drake. syllables. Kenyon Drake, maybe. Mike. Gah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sick. Oh, God. Oh, God. Key. He's going to no. have a Will Fuller game. Book it. You, you, you know Noah Fant has has a better year right now than Mike Kosicki. We, we made that bet, and, like, before week one, uh, I'm gonna claim that one pretty soon. Uh, uh, it's week six, buddy. 
Long way to go. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been planning out production meeting on air. I've been planning out, like, after week eight, a midseason bet review. Just in case one of you wants to do that, I'm doing it already, so don't worry. Oh, thank Sweet. God. Thank God for doing the thing that I was definitely not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Mike, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, who's startable, Mike? Tell me. Uh, Case Keenum? Yeah. Uh, Terry McLaurin, maybe? I mean, yes. all these are maybe. All these are, like... If you have to maybe throw someone into the like the flex position kind of thing, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not good. It's just really yuck. All right, and speaking of yuck, we already talked about my uh, my question in this one, which is uh, why isn't Case Keenum being? I mean, he played well. I mean, sure, there's the whole like uh, uh, he's been hurt and it's a brand new coach and he's Case Keenum, but. Seven touchdowns in his first three games, threw for 300 yards twice in those three games. Um, then he got hurt, and it's like, why isn't he getting more discussion this week? I have, I consume so much fantasy football stuff, and people are kind of just like sheepishly going after Case Keenum when it's like the numbers say he should do well this week. So I'm wondering why he isn't the big sleeper this week. And and as I say that, I'm sure uh, the universe is is gearing up uh, to. Have him throw three interceptions and 57 yards and get benched for uh, Colt McCoy, who then gets benched for uh, Dwayne Haskins all in this one game. The universe is going to slide right into your DMs. Well, it it happened to me three weeks ago when I put Case Keenum as my starting quarterback for DFS. Well, he he got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, Yeah, he got hurt. That's not predictable. But unless it's Jordan, uh, unless it's Jordan Reed, unless it's a variety of other players, but yeah, yeah not with that guy. <laughs> but it's the same thought, like you know, you, you're finally mentioning and starting to support Keenum, and then ends up, you know, the the hex me on the rear end. Yeah. How did I end up with Jordan Reed in our experts league, and why is he still on my team? I still haven't been fishbowl, and it's okay. because I feel better. Because you, oh, the, you have like 700 people on your team. Yeah, I was so. gonna say you go to the waiver. Well, it's the same settings, isn't it? No, this is experts league. Oh, experts yeah. league. I thought you said uh, the goon fishbowl. Oh yeah, no, that would be Jordan Reed. No, dude, I got to right. re-examine. Speaking of speaking of why Philadelphia at Minnesota, 44 point over under. Minnesota three point favorites. Why is Kirk Cousins? That's my question. No, um. Mike, you want to know if Carson Wentz can put up 300 yards passing and at least a touchdown. Very specific questions again from Mike. Mike wants specific measurable results from his player. <laughs> Dang right I do. Um, yeah, so, okay. Um, maybe, what did I write? I don't even know. I don't know. It's on your computer. <laughs> I don't know. Go, go, go on to, to Evan. Go to Evan. Yeah, Evan wants to know no if the Vikings are just going to go 80% run in this one, which uh, kind of is their MO. But uh. Oh, yeah, I've kind of expand on that. Uh, Philadelphia against the run, top five currently. I don't think that really reflects their talent, but that's what the stats are saying. Philadelphia against the past, bottom half of the league. So, obviously, the blueprint for beating Philadelphia is lay off the run and go ahead and pass. But for Minnesota, that is the slicing up the poisonous blowfish to get that one edible part. That's not, they can't do that. That makes them implode. That's their kryptonite. So I'm eager to see if the people follow the, the, the people, how is it be, follow the game script 
that seems to work of pass it more or if they're like dude it's kirk cousins and we got dalvin cook we're still just gonna run it even if it doesn't work that's gonna really shape uh how i how i value digs going forward if he's matchup based and if it's predictable um and and two quarterback leagues how i value cousins going forward you know if if they're going to go ahead and let cousins throw when it seems okay and he does good all right i feel good but man, I'm spinning plates here. Just, there's going to be a lot of breakage if one thing goes wrong. So that's what I'm watching for. Uh, let me tell you what I think of Kirk Cousins. Uh, he stinks. Too much, even. He stinks. All right. I Mike. I think Mike might have a counterpoint. Mike. Mike. I do have a counterpoint on Cousins, but he my stinks. question is Carson Wentz. Wait, Mike, you were far. Were you just buying time to snack on something? It sounded like you were chewing. Did you cross the street from your microphone? (laughs) There's no way that I'm chewing on Cornette's ranch right now. Okay, as long as that's not into the mic, that's fine. Um, so basically, what I want to know about Carson Wentz is, can he throw over 200 yards? He hasn't done that uh, since week three, and hasn't hit the 300 yard marker since week one. So, in his last two games, he – what? What did I write here? <laughs> Mike, Mike's having a – Can a... he do anything? <laughs> oh, okay. Now I understand what I did. This is the most off-the-rails episode yet, guys. 50 it's episodes. Going, it I'm took 50 it. episodes for us to fall apart entirely. <laughs> I got none. I got now what I got. Okay. So, in the last two games – Happy 50th birthday. Everything's going to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The he has only 249 yards passing total in the last two games, um, but he does have four touchdowns and zero interceptions. So I I really want to know if he's going to be able to throw for 300 yards and a touchdown against the the Vikings defense. Brian Sklar blew my mind the other day because uh, our 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 friend and coworker beer for the beer god was asking us you know I have Winston Brady who should I drop and I was like why is it why is this not obvious? Why isn't it Wentz? And Brian Sklar, who's a, a writer for ours and active on our Discord, pointed out Brady and Wentz are less than a point apart in terms of points per game. And they're both top 10 quarterbacks. Yeah, they're both top 10. It's wild. Wow. Like, because watching them, it seems totally different. Tom Brady goes out there, drops the ball, casually picks it up, throws almost hits Adelman for a touchdown. Carson Wentz limps out there, clutching his chest. All his receivers are injured. Nothing is going right. Like, I'm like, I, this, I, the tape is so different, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, it's absolutely wild that 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 uh, that Carson Wentz thing. I saw that, um, I think, somewhere else. And I, I was like, yeah, that's true for now. Like, I'm not going to buy that all year for the exact reason that you said. It's like, you watch Carson Wentz, and that is a, a harried and stressed out man <laughs> and tom brady's just cool as a cucumber every single yeah. play it's like Wentz aged 20 years and tom brady somehow gotten younger from the stress like the lack well of in, in tom brady's attic there's a picture of carson wentz so uh, i see i think uh, okay, that's that makes perfect sense i think now. that's what's going on that makes perfect sense man dorian gray reference wow we're getting our references we're getting yeah we're, we're all today. over the place good stuff today. yeah 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 all i right. didn't say dorian gray though to prove that i got it and wasn't uh. just faking it but whatever that's okay. I fake it all the time. 
Uh, I actually don't know what football is. Uh, next one up uh, is I want to know is is uh, so we had two squeaky wheels last week and I joked. I was like, um, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins went up to Stefan Diggs and uh, Adam Thielen was like, all right, boys, which of you wants the lion's share of my 22 pass attempts that I'm going to get this week? And uh, last week it was uh, it was Adam Thielen. Uh, who had the uh, the bulk of the, the things. And um, I was only slightly off. He had 27 attempts. And uh, Thielen had um, the, the lion's share of the targets last week. He turned in uh, um, uh, eight targets, 130 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Diggs had had half as many targets. And so I'm I'm curious if if uh, Kirk Cousins threw up uh, whatever the uh, wholesome family values version of the bird is um, to Stefan Diggs and said, guess what, Thielen, you're my guy now. Or if he goes, all right, Thielen, you had the you had your week last week. This week it's Stefan Diggs. I want to know which squeaky wheel gets the grease. Is it still Adam Thielen or does Stefan Diggs get the get the grease? Um, and if Stefan Diggs doesn't get the grease, I'm gonna get very upset and cry and um, you know go back and change that I picked Stefan Diggs in the DFS thing so last week. Can I can I do that? Is it too late to change it? You're you're absolutely available to do that. But... Why is time got to be linear? <laughs> That's a big ripoff of the universe. Why can't I work five days, then be retired for a day, then be a kid for like a day? Why has time got to be linear? Like I work five days and then I got to hang out with my kids who are wonderful, but they require all my attention and do chores for two days. And they go back. It's, it's, it's the biggest ripoff on the, on the universe is, is how the fourth dimension works. The linear linearity of time. Is that the word? I don't know. Linearity. Linearity. I only know this because my dad wrote his PhD or his master's thesis on time. So I know all these weird words. So he so he turned it in before the deadline? What was it about? That would be an auto A, huh? Yeah. I turned it, it in on time. It was the fourth dimension, which I'm like, uh, well, people really weren't good at defining mathematics in the 1960s if that was a question. Yeah, he should have turned it in like three years late and then it had been like, time is, time is relative. <laughs> time... Time, time is not linear. This yeah. is how I prove it. Like that, that urban legend of uh, the the essay that, uh, what's the definition of bravery? And they just turn in this, and everybody's like, oh my god, it all works. Yeah. All right. Anyways, good god, this episode. Uh, New Orleans at Jacksonville, forty three and a half point over under. Jacksonville one point favorites. And Evan had the same reaction I did. He he thought that um the over under seemed a little low. And so what's going on? Uh, yeah, like, we got a New Orleans offense, which seems to be popping. And Ramsey-less Jacksonville team, uh, they've got bad passing defense against a Minshew, who's, you know, not anything to write home about, but he's definitely got the floor. Do they really think it's going to end up a 23-20 to 20 game? I, I, I guess the betters think that. I think people see Jacksonville and think it's still 2017 and see New Orleans and think that it's still four weeks ago when the sky was falling and they weren't just winning four games in a row. Uh, and that made me wonder, do people ever use OU in fantasy over-under? Can, can, can you guys answer that? Does over-under ever factor into your fantasy considerations? Uh, I have my answer, but Mike, do you want to go first? I say, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that gives a good balance on what, how many points are going to be scored in that game. And if you look at either team, you can see, okay, well, say it's the Saints and Jaguars. Well, more than likely, the Saints are probably going to be more offensive. So you can take those points and then just go from there. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my answer to that is um, it depends on what I'm looking at. Um, if I'm looking for a desperation tight end play, I'm looking for a team with a high implied uh, total. So uh, what an implied total is is uh, kind of what Evan did, where he took the over under and the and the um, the uh, Jacksonville by one and said, okay, they think that this is what the final score is going to be. So I'm looking for a tight end on a team with a high implied points total. Um, if I'm really desperate. And then I'm also, if I'm looking to stream running backs, cause I do the, uh, the sleepers piece this week or every week. And then I do the daily fantasy dumpster dives. So it, when you, when you're looking on the margins, you kind of want to find a player who has high odds of, scoring that touchdown that kind of saves your rear end. And so um, I do look at over-unders in those situations. But if I'm – also, I guess, if it's trying to do a tiebreaker, but I'm, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, this guy that's a, a, a wide receiver 15 every week for me, I'm going to bench him for this wide receiver 22 because the over-under is higher um, in the wide receiver 22 game. You know, if it's a guy that I'm setting in for you – know, it, it doesn't come in except for on the margins for me. But it is something that I do look at from uh, um, from time to time. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's one of your key metrics for choosing a kicker. Pardon me if you already said that. Kickers? Yeah. What's like, a you kicker? Need to pick up a kicker? Yeah, if you need to pick up a kicker, I believe – maybe it wasn't somebody else, but I thought it was you. It was like, I just look at the over-under and grab the oh, guy. Oh, no. I, I go to whoever has the most projected points. <laughs> on whatever that client is, I literally oh, okay. sort I by. Know a lot sort... of people who are like, I just do the over under or whatever. Yeah, I just sort by projected points and because it's a random number generator and it's my own little protest. It really is. Yeah. So, all right. So that was a good uh, philosophical question, a nice way for Evan to punt on talking about New Orleans and Jacksonville. So, Mike, what what uh, what question do you have for this one? So I'm I'm looking at Michael Thomas and AJ Boye. Uh, who's probably going to line up on on Thomas quite a bit, and uh, I'm just curious on how how well Thomas is going to do. So I went back and I looked at some of their games, uh, the Saints games, and picked out some top cornerbacks like Akib Talib for the Rams and Byron Jones for the Cowboys, and looked at how how well Thomas did, and he did pretty well. He caught 19 balls and 148 yards in those two games. So even though he didn't score a touchdown, I think he's going to do just fine against against Boye. He, he should, I'm, I'm guessing, anywhere between eight catches and 120 yards kind, kind of game. Uh, I don't know if he's going to score, but uh, I definitely would mark him up for eight catches and 120 yards. Wow. Just a whole, uh, whole breakout, huh? Yeah, without the touchdown. Oh, all right. Well, I disagree. I think he will score. To, I don't. <laughs> I, I was trying to get something spicy out of that. I got nothing. Um, so my question was, uh, it's, it's, uh, we're going to stay with the Saints. Um, it's, uh, what's going on with Alvin Kamara, and can he kind of like get back to doing Alvin Kamara things? Because he's not like uh, DeAndre Hopkins level struggling. He's just not doing the normal things we would expect out of Alvin Kamara. And with you know Teddy Bridgewater under center, that's kind of understandable. But I mean, in half PPR. He has three games under 15 points already this year. So that's not really Alv- what you're looking plays. for. I'm sorry? If he plays. Yes. Alv- I, I have faith that he's playing. They, I was oh. reading the stuff. Yeah, he popped up questionable with an ankle injury. I have faith that he's playing. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Everything that I saw, Mike, to that point, because I was when I was doing the notes before the episode, 
everything that I saw was talking about him potentially being limited in snaps, not him uh, uh, missing the game entirely, um, unless something's changed since I put that together. No, not not that I, I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he popped up with an ankle injury, which was weird. Um, yeah, it's questionable, but it's sort of like, um, uh, 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 you know, will his snaps be limited? You know, what are we doing with Latavius Murray is more the question. So um, I guess... Uh, since I did the, the, the questions first, I'm just going to scrap this question because uh, he's hurt. So no matter what happens this weekend, it's not really actionable unless he balls out. Um, so Latavius Murray, um, if uh, Alvin, let, let me let me let me do a fast pivot here. If Alvin Kamara doesn't play, uh, where do you guys think Latavius Murray uh, slots in for you guys? Uh, the Jags allow the sixth most fancy points to running backs. Is he a running back? We'll say 15 this week. Somewhere He's only there. owned in 47% of the leagues. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just uh, went to Adam in my office league. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sure, sure. I would flex him. I would flex, flex him. They don't seem to like him. It's my problem. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, he's he's really struggling. Um, as far as, you know, a lot of it, a lot of what's really kind of saving him is the catches. But other than that, on the on the ground, he hasn't had more than 70 yards since week one. Um, yeah, yeah, he's not getting a lot of carries, too. He's just kind of getting here and there. It's about 16 to 17 carries um, around there. Um, oh, 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 you're talking about Kamara. Correct. I thought you were talking about Latavius Murray. I'm like, he's not oh, playing. Yeah. That's why I was so confused. I was like, he got like 15 carries in the last three weeks combined. Oh yeah, yeah, Murray. That that's another strange thing. I I really expected a lot more with Murray. I expected him to outperform um, Ingram this year because he can catch. Murray can actually actually catch where Ingram is struggles with that. But yeah, um, with with Murray, yeah, I, I it depends on the injury. You know, it just we get all these times where you know the, these players are oh well you know ankle or whatever and then. They go in and they run 20 times, and it's really like, okay, well, what happened to that? So, yeah, if, if he is limited, then I do definitely expect Murray to step up. But I, I, I don't know. I, I would wait to get more information before even putting Murray in in a flex or anything. All right, all right, sounds good, boys. We got to pick up the freaking pace. We're halfway through. We're not even halfway through the games this week. <laughs> all right, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Uh, this is a 48-point over-under. Baltimore, 11-point favorites. Um, they are projected to uh, smash the Bengals. So, um, But Evan has another idea. He wants to know if this could be a get-right game for Cincy. So what's uh, what's uh, uh, what say you, Evan? Marquise Brown probably not playing. That makes Baltimore extremely one-dimensional, although that one dimension is quite wide, their running game. Uh, but also, as you mentioned, Baltimore's defense has been surprisingly bad. So, I mean, Cincy, man, they couldn't set this up better. If you can schedule this, if you can game script this to somehow stop their running game, let them throw to Willie Sneed or who, whom, whoever, whomever in the passing game and just work your Mixons, work your Daltons, work your Boyds. Like, you could get right. Are you going to do this? Are you going to script it right? You don't have to win. Just play it right. If so, I can believe more in the Boyds. I can believe more in the Mixons. And if not, I'm selling Mixon for some a sandwich, a magic bean sandwich at this point. 
a magic bean sandwich. And I, you know, I love to buy low, sell high. This means I'm just don't think, don't think that, that he's gonna get, gonna get better, better at, at all. all. Ever. Oh no, Evan went through a time warp. So okay. uh, to to Evan's point, so I remember I said earlier, I said, oh buddy, guys, do I have a stat for how bad uh, Baltimore has been this year? on defense and so this will uh kind of uh actually you know what mike i'm gonna let you go first i'm gonna let you guys both talk about your your yeah. bangles before i drop the okay. hammer so some people have been waiting for the stat the whole time that's increased they, their to whole lives they've been waiting for this stat. <laughs> they didn't even know they needed the stat so mike wants to know and it's what i want to know a little preview of my dfs lineup uh about joe mixon this week right so if we're if we're looking at Joe Mixon, he's he's done nothing re- really but get better as the seasons go on. Uh, ten he had ten yards, ten yards the first game, seventeen yards the second game. So those were really bad. I think he was a little hurt too. And then boost to sixty yards, sixty two yards, and then last week with ninety three. So here's a guy who hasn't scored a touchdown at all uh all season uh, he does have one receiving but you know he's a running back so you know you you really hope that he would actually get in by running the ball um and interesting enough it's not really all his fault i mean he's only had five carries inside the five yard line so that's just really testament about how bad that Bengals offense really is they, they just can't get him the ball he's not scoring because they can't get the ball down far enough into that uh, area to give him the ball so he can can score. So will he hit the century mark? Yes. Will he score his first touchdown? No. All right. All right. All right. Half yes from Mike's question. All right, boys. You ready for this stat? So Yes, God. My whole life. Stat, I found it. Ian Harris. Ian Harris on Twitter. I don't know where he writes for. I was looking it up, and I I didn't get that far. He pointed out this week, um, so the number one team in uh, 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 yards per play against, so the worst defense on a yards per play basis, is it's it's who we think it is. It's Miami, right? The, the, the team that every week we're like, start everybody against Miami. They allow seven points per play, or seven yards per play. Seven fancy points per play would be a lot. Seven points per play. <laughs> That's like, a, that's a, that's a lot of points. They just give them the extra point. They're so bad. Yeah. Um. So seven yards per play, which is bonkers. That's so bad. The number two team is the Baltimore Ravens. Do you know where they sit at a, a yards per play basis? Just a shot in the dark. Six. Six. Mike, what's your shot in the dark? I would say five. Five. Seven. They are at six. Point seven yards per play. They That's are on a per play basis. Point. I I did the math on a per play basis. They are only ten point eight inches worse per play Jeez. than than the defense that we're targeting every single week. And I think we need to reposition what we think about this Baltimore defense because we've been giving them the benefit of the doubt because of the. The, the uniforms that these players are wearing, you know, to, uh, to quote, who was it? Rick Pitino. It's like Ray Lewis isn't coming through that door. Terrell Suggs isn't coming through that door. You know, it, it's 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 not your mama's or your daddy's Baltimore defense. They are 
actively bad, actually one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And because this whole Lamar Jackson story and because of the colors on their, uh, of their helmets, it's hiding how bad they've been. So target your Baltimore's. I mean, it's, 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 I saw that stat and I saw that stat on like Tuesday and I haven't stopped thinking about it all week. It's only 10.8 inches worse. Then because it's six, seven feet versus or seven yards versus 6.7. That's how yards. I stack up against my wife's former lovers. Brat. Got him. All right. So moving on from that, I want to know if anybody in Baltimore can step up in Marquise Brown's uh, potential absence. Miles Boykin, I'm looking at you. Please don't make me look stupid um, from hyping you up in the, the preseason. Or is it just going to be more Mark Andrews? I think it's going to be more more Mark Andrews. I saw a stat that he's lined up uh, in the slot or outside like 60 percent of the time this year. So he's already got the got the chops to play outside. So they could just move him outside, more Hayden Hurst, and call it a day. So I want to know if there's a wide receiver that's going to step up, or is it just more Mark Andrews business as usual uh, against these uh, these uh, these Bengals? So next game up, I'm going to need you guys to stop me uh, if I if I if I go too long about about my San Francisco. You've already gone undefeated. Too long. Last undefeated team in the NFC versus they go to LA to play the Rams. 50.5 point over under Rams are three point favorites. And boys, let me, let me just go. I'm going to go player by player to tell you all about are the Rams three point favorites. What the, I said Rams Rams are three point favorites. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't know. Their home games aren't even like at home. Well, I mean, both like teams are banged up. They were going to a soccer match because they don't read the tickets properly. Well, both teams are banged up, and I did put this document together before the Todd Gurley doubtful tag t- came out. So why don't you talk about your question, and I'll see if I have can find you find us an updated line to see what's going oh, yeah. on with that. Well, you know, it, oh, oh, three points. It's it's three points right now. Oh, you just yeah. looked it up. Yeah, I have. Right. Oh wow, I'm shocked it hasn't moved with the Todd Gurley thing. But all yeah. right, yeah. Evan, go for it. Taking a minute. Uh, yeah, uh, you know how I do hot takes for crazy people where I find weird NFL commenters and their horrible opinions? I'm wondering like, if I could do an entire hot takes of just people being upset, disappointed, slash surprised about Todd Gurley not stat- starting. Because, duh, that's what we've been telling you for literally nine months. Would that be as funny as it is in my head? Just people being like, oh, Todd Gurley screwed me. How is he not playing? Why? Why is the, why why am I so unlucky? Yeah, um, I mean I I don't know if it'll be as funny as it'll be in your head because um, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm definitely laughing at the people who are who are are like, man, this guy that was an injury risk, it's really screwing me over that he's hurt. Like how how could the gods do this to me? Yeah, and a running back to boot, they're so yeah. safe, so safe. So speaking of uh, safe running backs, Mike wants to know a guy who's got two snaps this year. How yeah. much are we seeing Daryl Henderson this weekend? Right, uh, and exactly, yeah. The guy, as you mentioned, has has two snaps. He has All two snaps. Just two. What? Uh, okay, wow. I did not. Wow. Both came in uh, week one. Yeah, I was a little surprised by. It. I knew he wasn't getting much, but when I saw that he only had two and they all came in week one, I was just like, wow. So. Obviously, they're going to have to force him in because Malcolm Brown is not really a good receiver out of the backfield. And I think 
Henderson is sort of going to be that kind of guy. He's going to come in on third downs, and I don't see a lot out of out of Henderson. Um, the guy was just awful. I mean, he he looked just a tad better than uh, Ronald Jones did in uh, preseason. Ronald Jones last year as a rookie, you know, he Daryl Henderson is just that kind of awful. Uh, so um, I don't see much more than a third down back kind of guy, but. He'll definitely get more than two snaps, probably about 10 or 12. So if you have Malcolm Brown, definitely play Malcolm Brown. Uh, you know, just temporary expectations as far as receptions out of the backfield. All right. Sounds good. So my question is about my boys. Oh, the best run game in the NFL will now be without their left tackle, Joe Staley. He broke his leg a few weeks ago. They'll be without their right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, he's got a knee scope. He's out four to six weeks. They'll be when, without. When their, did that guy go down though? Last week. Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. He got it after he got they they checked him out midweek after the game, and uh, found out he needed surgery. Because I want everything to happen before the Cleveland game, so I can be like, well, didn't hurt him then. Well, it did not happen that way. No this, Mike this McGlinchey. Time goes linearly in this universe. Big no difference. right, no right tackle, no left tackle, no lead blocker in the run game. Kyle Uzcheck who is, uh, has a sprained, uh, I believe, MCL, um, who, uh, you know, if you watch Monday Night Football, Booger McFarland told you more than enough about Kyle Juszczyk. And so my question is, is no McGlinchey, no Staley, no Juszczyk, no problem? And then my answer is no problem, because the 49ers, the 49ers are built around the run game. And for them to be missing two offensive linemen and their lead blocker, and, and, it's a, and he's a fullback. You don't roster a backup fullback. It's probably going to be more Ross Dwelly, who I um, I believe is a rookie, who's going to be doing the lead blocking duties for um, uh, for Matt Breida, for Tevin Coleman. Though Shanahan did uh, kick around the idea of having um, Jeff Wilson active, uh, having four active running backs, having him being the fourth. And the reason that it's a, the only uh, game-changing fullback since the leather helmet era. Uh, he's not even the, the only game-changing fullback for the 49ers in the last decade. Might I remind you of Anthony Miller, who was key to Jim Harbaugh uh, crushing teams right before he beat up an old man and got kicked out of the league. Literally a thing that happened. How do I not remember any of this? <laughs> Seems like it's right up my wheelhouse. Yeah, um, but uh, it's because it happened when like the 49ers collapsed, and it was like, the he was like the sixth or seventh most important player for the 49ers to collapse that offseason. So he kind of fell under the radar. Um, but this is my thing. Jimmy Garoppolo right now, he has the lowest, the fewest pass attempts in the league. The 49ers do. Jimmy Garoppolo has the sixth lowest average depth of target. He only has seven pass attempts inside the 10 yard line and he has zero touchdowns. I don't know at this point without a left tackle, without a right tackle, if it's worth keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on your team, if you're trying to do that streaming thing, um, if it's a two quarterback league, you don't have a, you don't really have a chance, but at this point it's, it's, it's hard to know when you're going to want to start Jimmy Garoppolo over anybody else. Cause you're gonna have no McGlinchey, no Staley for at least the next four weeks. So you're talking, it's week six. Now you're talking what week 10 and you're, you're hanging on to him. So my thing is, is, um, is this the, you know, how does Jimmy G perform without his left tackle and his right tackle? And that will really inform how you will roster Jimmy G going forward is, is sort of my takeaway from it. 
uh, or my my question for this weekend is is how does he play because he's been a low volume guy already. And it's not like he's throwing the ball the fewest number of times in the league and he's just absolutely airing it out. It's everything is within five, six, seven, eight yards of the line of scrimmage and the guys are falling over. So I love Jimmy G. Uh, I have, let's see, I'm looking at two Jimmy G bobbleheads right now. I have a Jimmy G jersey, but I'm looking somewhere else um, other than Jimmy G going forward unless he completely balls out against the Rams this weekend. Yes, similarly, I've owned Tim Kevin Coleman in bunch of leagues including my very 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 rb thin uh big money league where there's no no rbs no second string rbs barely any third string rbs available on the waiver wire and i've been waiting for him to get better for so long and it's like when you wait for christmas and you want that video game and you really want that video game and you wait and wait and finally christmas comes and you get that video game but oh hey the xbox just red ringed also our tv broke also we don't have electricity anymore it's like why well, just ah he had 100 yards and a touchdown last week. Right, but now we got all – Juszczyk is out and uh, the right tackle is out. I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me calm your nerves about Please, Kevin I love to be wrong. That's the best part about being a pessimist. Okay. So he had, he's going to be splitting time with Matt Breida between the 20s. That's, we saw oh, that I'm happen. I'm so calm now. Great job. We're done. Move on. All right. He's going to be splitting time with Matt Breida between the 20s. We've seen that happen. But in the classic, uh, was it Jack Doyle versus Eric Ebron debate last year? Are the touches between the 20s really the ones that you care about? Or is it the ones with five yards to go, with 10 yards to go to the, to the end zone? Those are going to be Tevin Coleman's carries. And even without the league blocker, the I mean, we've seen what the 49ers can do. It's, it's Kyle, as long as Kyle Shanahan's brain is working, they will still be one of the best running games in the NFL. Because we saw last year, things completely bottom out. They were starting uh, C.J. Beathard and Mike's favorite quarterback in the whole world, Nick Mullins. And the running game was still crushing it. So if you have the guy getting goal line work for Kyle Shanahan's offense, which he will be, I would not worry. And the Rams this week, they allow the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. So again, I would not worry. They've given up six touchdowns to running backs already this year. So at least for this weekend, the odds are in Tevin Coleman's favor to get you at least six fantasy points just off the bat because he's going to get a touchdown run. And then everything else from there, he'll probably get you uh, three catches. Sold. Yeah. So I will drink the Kool-Aid or flavor aid that you are serving. Do not worry about Tevin Coleman. And here's the here's the funky part. He's the cheapest 49ers running back on FanDuel this week. That inc- isn't that weird? That includes um, Jeff Wilson, who was inactive last week. So big, big shakeup in our FanDuel. <laughs> uh, Evans, that's, that's Evans frantically changing his FanDuel lineup right now. So, um, so now that I've I've completely filibustered the 49ers, uh, let's move on to Atlanta at Arizona. 51 and a half point over under. Atlanta two point favorites. Another game uh, where um, it's going to be another shootout. Um, against two bad defenses. So, uh, Evan... Barnburner! Woo! Yeah. Start your Ridleys, your Freemans, your Hoopers, your Kirks, unless they're injured, and your Larry Fitzes. Let's go, people. This is what you've been waiting for with all these underperformers all year, except for, you know, Hooper. And but, your Edos. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you would, you would start Edo? If you're desperate. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's my thing I'm watching for. He, uh... uh 
he only had eight fewer snaps than Devonta Freeman last week, and uh, his touches have gone up. So if you're going to have to spot start somebody, Ito Smith isn't the the worst call, though he could still poop all over you. But I feel good about Ito. Mike My doesn't feel, feel good about, about Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. No, I don't. On? Yeah, you know, um, here here's another number one receiver on the board talking about how bad they're doing. I don't know what's in the water for these top wide receivers, but they are really struggling. So, um, you know, I, I went back and I'm like, okay, so Julio Jones really has had, you know, two two kind of tough games. Well, where is he as far as the team? So after five weeks, Jones is third on the team in receptions with 26. Hooper and Sanu are ahead of him. And coincidentally, Freeman is only four uh, receptions behind Julio. Uh, second in yards, Hooper has more yards than he does. And then um, he does uh, have a team lead of touchdowns with four. So that's a good thing. Which is interesting, too, because the first two categories, receptions and yards, has always been Julio. I mean, whenever you count on Julio, you count on his receptions and how many yards he get per game. But that sort of flipped because now touchdowns are his thing. So I, I don't know what the dude's doing. He's, he, I don't know, bipolar or something. Uh, and then I, I'm like, okay, well, that's that's really pretty bad numbers. So, well, let's see what he's like uh, overall in the NFL. Well... He's 28th in receptions, 21st in yards, and he's fourth in touchdowns. So his touchdowns are really saving him right now. Uh, and, you know, just a side note, um, going off a little bit, DBF a little bit of uh, Julio Jones, um, Devontae Freeman has more games where he has more yards receiving than he does rushing. Mike's, Mike's favorite, favorite stat. stat. My favorite stat. But overall, he has more rushing yards and receiving 187 to 173. Huh. Okay. Well, we'll see. I think this is going to be a get get right game for everybody. Like, uh, like kind of both your questions uh, entail. I think this will be a get right game. It's going to be one of those start your everybody's if you got them, smoke them if you got them kind of game. So, uh, speaking of smoke them if you got them, I'm wondering if Kyler will finally have his first 300 yard three touchdown game. Um, he's had. He didn't perform well against the Bengals last week, which kind of undermines his stat. But that's the only team that he's played this season that's been in the, a good matchup for him in the top 10 in fantasy points against for quarterbacks. So this one is going to be a huge shootout. I mean, he's throwing the, he's on pace to throw the ball like 650 times this year. And um, we saw what uh, um, Deshaun Watson did to this, this past defense last weekend. And I'm not saying Kyler Murray is Deshaun Watson, but I'm saying, is this going to be the week that we finally have Kyler Murray go for 303? And if he does, I think that'll kindly kind of finally be, uh, his, his, his step into, uh, a, a quarterback that you might be able to trust and use. Um, Evan was ready to give up on him a couple weeks ago until I talked him off the ledge because um, perception and reality with Kyler Murray, what he was supposed to be versus what he is, didn't quite match up. So we were all ready to jump off the Kyler train. And I think uh, this week we might go hyperbolic the other way. Um, oh, I, I was I was saying, is he going to make the leap to number quarterback one? I was the other side that you talked me out of. And you're like, Evan, Evan, Evan. He's a good quarterback. Two can jump into one. I thought you were saying is oh, okay. I miss I I I'm misremembering. Yeah, Sorry, Jack Prescott's the ledge that I'm I'm edging towards. 
sorry everybody time is linear and that's the problem um so speaking of linear time let's move on to the next one uh tennessee at denver 40.5 point over under denver's two point favorites and uh, mike wants to know about uh marcus Mariota and his magic, magic on the road yep so you know everybody thinks Mariota sucks but yeah i mean when he's at home he's he's Gawful. I mean, just just really awful, godly so. Uh, but on the road, on the road, he's sort of has some magic. Uh, he has a total of 779 yards passing, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions in three games. So he's had two games um, where he's thrown for three touchdowns and no interceptions. And in that third game where he didn't throw for a touchdown, he threw for 300 yards. So against the Broncos defense, I'm looking at, you know, 288, 290 yards and a couple touchdowns. So it's a pretty good play. And on the note of weird Tennessee inconsistencies, I'm wondering about uh, Tennessee has seems to have this weird bonus. Tennessee seems to have this weird bonus where if they're playing good uh, uh, receivers, they get like a plus five to their defense or something. You know, they, they, they shut down. They shut down. Help me out here. They shut down Tampa Bay, right? They shut down. Uh, let's see. Let's see who they shut down. So let's see. Tennessee Titans. I, I like your uh, your sort of, uh, of good uh, wide receiver uh, theory. So they played Cleveland, Indy, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Buffalo. Right. They shut down Cleveland before we knew they were all inept. And they mm-hmm. shut down Atlanta, who, who's kind of inept. It's like if you have two solid wide receivers, they just get a bonus. And I'm like, okay, is Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders enough to trigger this bonus? Or <laughs> are they bad enough to score in fantasy? It's this weird irony that I can't get my brain around, but I'm definitely watching because I'm like, this is like inverse of a correlation. What is going on where if you play bad receivers, they do good. But good ones, you're like, all right, I got you. It's uh, it's kind of like when I played a flag football in junior high. I could catch all the difficult passes, all the hard ones. I'm falling down. I'm, you know, I got to get them off my fingertips. But if you threw me one on the numbers, it was going right off my chest. So maybe that's the, how they are with uh, with uh, wide receivers. They'll stop all the good ones, but the bad ones are they just let them run wild or catch wild, I guess. I don't know. So my question on this one, uh, we'll stick with. Uh, the uh, the Denver offense here, which is, can Philip Lindsay consolidate the touches with Royce Freeman? This has been my question every week, and coincidentally, I have Philip Lindsay on my Scott Fishbowl roster, so I very much like this, the answer to this question to be yes. Uh, but it's been the splits with him and Royce Freeman have been 15-11, 17-6, 25-19, 10-10, 19-15, with Lindsay on the big side of the platoon every single time. The 19-15 and, and the 25-19, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want Philip Lindsay to be getting 14 touches a game, 17 touches a game. I want him to get 20 touches a game. That's what I need about Philip Lindsay. And 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 Royce Freeman is is fine too, but I don't have him on any rosters. So I need that Philip Lindsay boost. So can Philip Lindsay please do that for me this weekend? That is what I'm looking for to happen. If he consolidates the touches and he doesn't get the yardage, so be it. But I'm looking for those touches to get consolidated like they kind of were last week. I want him to hit that 20-touch plateau this week. All righty, boys. I just so want him to keep scoring. Yeah, just keep scoring. Just keep scoring fancy points, baby. So our last afternoon game, uh, it's uh, Dallas at the Jets. 
Um, it's uh, 45 point over under Dallas are seven point favorites. And uh, Mike, Mike, I, I'm not a doctor, but I can't answer this, uh, uh, this question about uh, Sam Darnold and, and mono. <laughs> it's like a rookie of the year situation. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, you never know. I mean, things weird things have happened, but I, I'm, I'm just curious on if, if his uh, mononucleosis uh, can bring some life now that he's healed from it to to his throwing arm and and see if he can actually do because i am so like dependent on this dude this week in my home league that he has to do i mean at least score one touchdown dude come on come on throw one come touchdown. on man come on man um and, you know and he has a chance because cowboys do struggle against against the quarterbacks uh they uh but the interesting thing is they give up a lot of yards in the air but when it comes down to uh, scoring, throwing for touchdowns, they they really get really stingy. So I I kind of like um, Olivia Bell. Um, and my question with him is, will he have more rushing or receiving yards? I got to get that in. You know? I was gonna say I'm gonna veto that question. <laughs> Mike just pencils that in every single week. Somehow, some way. Somehow, some way, Mike's got to get it in. Oh boy, Lang- uh, phrasing, I guess. Um, so, uh, Evan, you're not as, uh, up on the, on the, on the potential for the Jets offense, huh? Is there, I mean, I'm going to get dark here. Like, is there any reason why I should watch the Jets offense this weekend besides the potential fact that Sam Darnold might die? I know he's coming out as a lean spleen throwing machine, but I just can't handle watching Le'Veon Bell get 20 to 25 touches for 80 yards and that's it. Like, is there any fantasy redemption? Chris Herndon. Hey, Chris Herndon, can you do something? Oh, yeah, you can get injured. Cool, good job. Thank you for providing a flicker of life and then squashing it out. Like, with the Jets offense, fantasy, not watchable. Turn it over. Drop a commercial. You might get, uh, yeah, drop bells. Drop all your bells. <laughs> drop bell. Okay. Drop bells like a dog hitting puberty. Anyway, uh. Yeah, don't drop bell though. That's sarcasm, people. But uh, yeah, I just I would rather tune over to an infomercial on the rare one in a million chance that's actually a product I would find useful than watch the Jets offense. I can't learn anything from it. All right, all right, Evan. Prove me wrong, Sam Donald. Prove me wrong, Evan. I yeah. cracked the code on Dak Prescott for Thank you. Thank God. Crack the code. This droppable. He scored 34 fantasy up, points. Drop, up, drop, left, right, select, drop. Here is my question. Was Michael the lack of Michael Gallup the Dak Prescott problem? Yes. No? Week one, week two, and week five, when he had uh, Michael Gallup, 36 fantasy points per game. Okay? Week three and four, which has Evan on the ledge with a rope around his neck and a bottle of pills. He averaged 18.6 fantasy points per game. Which, by the way, 18.6 fantasy points per game is fine. He had one bad game at New Orleans. Uh, so for the record, the bottle of pills is to relax my neck muscles. <laughs> I don't know why they make those, but thank you. <laughs> but is with the return of Michael Gallup and, and fully healthy, is Dak Prescott going to have another big game? And can Evan stop calling Dak Prescott, who's had at least 26 fantasy points in four out of five games droppable? I have him like four leagues. I haven't dropped him yet. I just so you just talk a big game is what you're saying. What you're saying 
if I'm if I'm if I'm understanding this right, is that you're a coward. He just lost me some big weeks against Weak the, singular. He puked all over himself. Weak singular. One week. He had one bad game. Yeah, against New Orleans legendarily point allowing offense. When there's a sure thing in the bag. Yeah, well, you know, you threw up all over himself. It happens. It happens when you drink your own Kool-Aid no. too much. I haven't thrown up all over myself in days, people. In, Come in on. minutes. Never in happens. Minutes. All right, let's move on to the night game. Sunday night football. Pittsburgh at the L.A. Chargers. 41.5 point over under. Chargers, six-point favorites. Mike is wondering, under the under the moonlight, the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles moonlight, moonlight, will Austin, Austin Eckler perform some... some Fantasy football magic to remain relevant, like he did last week. Exactly. I, I'm i a firm believer in Austin Eckler doing something on that field. Whatever it is, whether it's catch 15 passes, rush for 80-plus yards and a score, catch a touchdown and have seven receptions on top of that, whatever something. Something's going to happen with Austin Eckler where he's going to score up to double-digit points every week. And so put him in your lineup because he's like a voodoo man. He's just going to do it somehow, some way. Yeah, so we'll see what the magic is because I was all ready to write him off. And then he went and got a butt ton of catches on that last drive. And and his PPR points went through the roof. They're lining him up in the slot. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what's happening is they're using him as a wide receiver. Because who's that wide receiver? uh, Evan, you love him. I keep saying that he sucks and he poops too much, and you're like, no, he's good. He's just hurt. Mike, the Magic Williams. <laughs> the Magic? <laughs> yeah, I can't say the Magic Mike Williams or I get sued by Universal Studios. That's right. Magic Mike XXL, wherever you can find DVDs. Um, Evan, you want to know if uh, Juju and Keenan Allen might fall out of Don't Sit Your Stud status? I mean, I've got them both in a lot of leagues. I like them both in a lot of leagues. But they have been putting up some really inconsistent stats from week to week. And this week they're playing, clicking, 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 processing, middling defenses against the wide receivers. You got to come big. I don't even need big. I just need you to show up and get me a 10-point game. Or I'm going to start having to consider whether you're a situational bench, which I can't believe out of Keenan Allen and Juju Smith-Schuster in the week of our Lord, six. You know, uh, I, that's, come on, guys. Be, be football players. Every week. It's beef. They're football players. Remember, remember it. Just every week. Not just some weeks. Uh, yeah, all right. I don't know what to say to that one. I mean, Juju, the quarterback situation has gotten supremely messy, which rolls into my question. But, I, I, I mean, eh, I'm not worried about Keenan Allen. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I, I. I, I've realized that uh, Evan's whole thing is uh, uh, my hair is on fire. I'm going to drop everybody. My guy, my thing is that we're going to wait and see what's going to happen. And Mike really wants to know if a running back is going to have more receiving yards or rushing yards. I think those are the niches that we fill. <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> Sounds about right. I feel emotion strongly. All right. My question is, is this finally a James Conner game or will the Steelers remain complete morons? They're starting Devlin Hodges. Jalen Samuels is hurt. Uh, uh, James Washington isn't playing. They're running out of options who are not James Conner. And they got to give him the dang ball. It's got me worried. It's got me wondering. And my question is, will James Conner 
have more rushing yards or more receiving yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. No, I just want to know if they're going to finally turn to James Conner, because if they don't, they never will at this point. He's it, it, it is what it is. Um, if they don't, if they don't turn to him, they're, they're never going to. Sorry, I'm very distracted because apparently my fantasy league is having a meltdown. My, my big money league. I just keep seeing email pop-ups from guys in my league, uh, from a big trade that went down today. So that's fine. I like a good Jeff big money league meltdown. That's got legendarily bad. You have been nothing but hostile lately. (laughs) Did I tell you that story, Mike? No. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll do this divergence and then we'll get to Monday Night Football because we got to get out of here. Um, in the in the preseason, we do a college draft for potential keepers going into the next uh, year. And um, in this email chain, usually we do um, like joke names, joke names for players. Uh, I don't know where it started, but in one of the joke names, um, one of the guys used a a, a word that I'm not going to repeat. And uh, somebody else asked him to not use that that word anymore. He said, "All right, fine. You know what? I I I think you're you're joke policing me, but I'll I'll, I'll acquiesce to that." And then a, uh, a another guy popped in and was like, "Yeah, I don't think that's the best word to use." And then the a fourth guy popped in with this just long email to the third guy, who, by the way, keep in mind, he had nothing to do with the original not conversation. No involvement at all. This fourth guy came in off the top rope with like a four-paragraph essay that talks about how the third guy is a bad friend and he didn't invite him to a wedding. And you know what? I am putting this guy on blast because this is the guy I talked about that locked me out of being a commissioner and then capped my number of moves at the number of moves I already had. He comes in off the top rope. You're a bad friend. You didn't invite me to, <laughs> to wow. your wedding. And uh, my favorite phrase was, you've been nothing but hostile lately. And there's like uh, four paragraph burn email. Yeah. That had n- the other one of being too hostile. Like, neither one of these guys were involved with this with this exchange until then. It just He just came in off the top rope with this exchange. And, and long story short, two people are quitting the league over this. Whoa. My league is nothing but drama. And I've seen in the last 15 minutes about six or seven emails pop up on my screen and i am not excited to read those because i do not want to get dragged into this for you just forward all your all your mail to me dude knowing what i knowing what i know about this league i'm gonna go to log in on sunday to set my lineups and it'll be gone it'll be it'll just be deleted knowing what i know about this league so all right monday night football last game of the week now that we've gotten uh jeff's uh story corner out of the way detroit at green bay 47 point over under four point favorites are the green Bay Packers. As I say it, like Yoda, um, I'm just going to get the slander out of the way. Mike, just get your carry on Johnson slander <laughs> out of the way. Just get it out. Huh? Just get okay. it out of the way. Okay. So I, I, I'm looking at you carry on Johnson and here's the deal, bud. Okay. Either you're going to convince me that you're a bell cow this week, or you're going to suffer a two game penalty. Which means that you're gonna have two, you're gonna need two straight games. If you cannot convince me this week, you're gonna have to have two straight games where you're at bell cow. So uh, that means that you're gonna have to have four yards per carry and catch at least four passes. If you can do that, you will be annoyed. That's not what a bell cow is. You will be no- annoyed. That's not what a bell cow is. I, I, he's you're, gonna have to do that. My um, words have meanings. This is tough not- love. Jeff, just let this, it happen. This, this is this is my deal with carrying on Johnson. All right, all right, all right. Carry on Johnson straighten out. Fly right. Yeah, we 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 gotta get a deal down here, and this is my deal. This is what I'm offering him. If he doesn't like it, 
then he can take his two-game penalty. Or um, will you accept an apology from Carryon Johnson to you directly on Twitter? That I will accept. I'm I'm gonna see if he's on Cameo, and I haven't sent. I'm gonna set, spend the money to be like Mike. Why don't you believe in me as a as a bell cow back? <laughs> if, if he does personally reach out to me and say, "Why don't you believe me?" I'm gonna tell him because you're not a bell cow, sir. <laughs> wow. All right. So. Now that that slander's out of the way, uh, Evan wants to know. We kind of talked about this beforehand. If Adams, Devonte Adams doesn't play, which it looks like he's not, uh, is there a good waiver wire substitute that she can pivot to? Yeah, right now I'm rocking uh, Willie Sneed on the premise that Hollywood Brown won't play. Is there a better wide receiver substitute in the waiver wire for Monday night that I could use? Do, would you like MVS? What uh um, what per- percentage ownership are you looking for to be like a waiver wire guy? Uh, I'm looking for owned in one of my leagues, but let's say 50%. Okay, so Geronimo's 30%. I was looking this up. Geronimo's 30%. MVS is 65 so he may or may... He might have gotten hate drop. Hey, he'll be snagged. Like... He might have got... It could be you. Oh yeah, You could be, be the one snagging him right now. It's oh, yeah. a Willie Sneed. I'm a guy like me. <laughs> You're a guy like you. Um, and then the Hail Mary, uh, MJJ, Marvin Jones Jr., is only owned in 74% of leagues. And 74? Like yeah. 74? And like Hold I on, said... Let me take a drink of water. 74? I don't know if you think that's high or low. <laughs> He's owned in 74% of leagues? Yeah. Like I said, Marvin Jones has a... He has a lot of the hallmarks of a, a guy that should break out, but... I don't uh, like him. He has 178 yards and a touchdown and now nine catches in the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. That's that's Kent. Bring mm-hmm. down. This is fantasy football. This isn't about snap stats. Um, if you're going desperation, hail mary. Your favorite player, Jamal Williams, is owned in 11 percent of leagues. Is he alive? He is alive. He has returned to the land of the living. He practiced today. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Good for him. That was a tough injury. I'd rather have Jamal Williams than Willie Sneed. So there is that. If that answers. Right, so the let question. me see if I can flex Sneed. Okay, cool. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, sir. And then the last question of the night. Did everybody have fun here? No, no that's not the question. Yeah, this yeah, was this my most fun, fun episode, episode so far. So far. Uh, uh, all, all it took was me having, having two shots of espresso, espresso right before and, and wine in the middle. Um, my question is, is Green Bay's pass defense, which allows the seventh lowest uh, wide receiver fantasy points per game, or Detroit's pass offense, which has the league's highest average depth of target, going to win in this one? Basically... That's the matchup I'm looking at is Green Bay's corners and safeties, which have been really good this year, versus Detroit's pass offense, which has been extremely vertical this year uh, with um, based around um, Marvin Jones and um, Kenny Galladay. Oh, Danny Amendola. That's somebody you might uh, desperate desperation into. No, no, (laughs) no, no. That was uh, on no uncertain terms. Intimidated by his handsome looks. That was no uncertain terms that he was not. Uh, Evan was not picking up Danny Amendola. But my question is: is which one of these guys is going to, um, which one of these units is going to win the battle? Green Bay's pass defense, which has been great, or Detroit's pass offense, which is built around big plays. And and uh, Green Bay's pass defense has had taken some plays off, so um, it might just be one or two plays that have them winning the battle. So, all right, boys. That's it. That's every game this week. Uh, we got our questions locked and loaded. 
And now I turn it over to Mike for the weekly daily fantasy football challenge. challenge. Yes, sir. Challenge. Challenge. And for the first time in five weeks, we have a we have a winner. That wasn't Evan or Jeff. Oh, who oh, was it? It was me. Oh, oh boy. boy. Nice job, 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 job. Yeah. And I broke like every record. 163 points. Nice. That was pretty nice. Um, Evan came in second with 126, That's and Jeff. Jeff, at least he got scored 100. I so. pooped the dang bed. <laughs> Just call me Mike Williams because I pooped too much. Um. So the up uh, the update uh so far let's see um i had it written down but i didn't have it written down okay so update so far evan has 12 points uh jeff has 10 and i have nine sounds about right all right all right all right that's up to multiple three all right so rolling forward who would like to go first i've got mahomes for $9,200, I think that just go number one against Houston's horrible secondary. I've got Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram going against uh, Cincinnati, where they're just going to want to get a lead and stick around. $7,500, I think, is a bargain. Chris Carson's showing up on my list for the first time. $7,200 against Cleveland. I don't know. I saw the Niners take them apart. Let's go with that. Uh, wide receivers, give me Hopkins. I like Jeff's idea of a get-right game. Or maybe it was Mike's. Either way, I like it. $8,400. Fitzgerald? Larry? Fitzgerald? Calvin Ridley? Going for $5,600 and $5,500 in what's going to be a barn barner? I'll take that. I'm going to go deep. I'm going to go deep on tight end. Uh, Swaim. Jeffrey Swaim on Jacksonville. Who knows who uh, Minshew is going to fall in love with this week? And he's only $4,200, so if he gets me two points, I don't care. Then I'll take the Cowboys, number one ranked defense against the Jets. And their spleen problems, 5,000. And finally, give me David Johnson. I've got a lot of pieces in this Arizona-Atlanta game, 6,900. That puts me to 59,500. You can take that extra $500, take it to your daily fantasy strip club league, and make it rain. <laughs> make it rain on your daily fantasy leagues. All right. Um, you want to run those back again? Yeah, and I'm going to put them up on our Discord if anybody wants uh, to see this without writing it down. Mahomes, quarterback, running backs, Ingram, Carson, wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, tight end, Jeffrey Swain. Uh, defense, Dallas Cowboys, and the flex, David Johnson. All right. That's not a bad lineup. I would like to hear a bad lineup. Mike, please go. What? what? Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um so at quarterback matt ryan 8100 running backs are going to be the same as evan mark ingram chris carson wide receiver dd westbrook at 5400 gonna go the same idea the get back game julio jones going to team up with matt ryan right there 8500 that's a lot of money for a guy who's been struggling um auden tate 5400 Austin Hooper going with the tri triple pack there. 6,400. Atlanta, don't let me down. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, or I'm in big trouble. Um, and at the flex position, Le'Veon Bell, 6,800. Going to go with the defense. 
maybe not a very good defense, but this is show you how bad this offense really is. This defense is the Washington Redskins defense at 4,200. Oh boy, that's a that's a yikes for me, dog. Uh, the uh, um, the uh, Miami offense, that's the yikes for me. All right. So I just had to change my lineup on the fly because uh, I had Alvin Kamara in it. And uh, since we locked these in on Friday, I'm not feeling good about having that going for Sunday. So uh, originally I had uh, Alvin Kamara in this lineup instead of Cooper Cup. So just keep that in mind. So, all right, boys, putting my money where exactly where my mouth is, where the words come out. $6,500, the lowest priced quarterback that you would actually start this week. Case Keenum, baby, ready for him to completely tank my lineup. 6500 bucks. Running back, Ezekiel Elliott, 8500 bucks. Joe Mixon against that 10.8 inches uh, per play worse than the Dolphins, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Wide receivers, I got Michael Thomas, 8200 bucks. Michael Gallup, 6100 bucks. DJ Chark, do, 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 do. 6,500 bucks. Flex Cooper Cup, 7,800 bucks. That was the guy that was originally Alvin Kamara. Austin Hooper, I believe in how bad this Arizona defense is, 6,400 bucks. And the way I made it all work, the Niners. You say, but Jeff, how can you have Cooper Cup and the Niners? Takeaways, baby. The Niners are third in the league with 11 takeaways. Okay. The teams above them have played. The Patriots lead the league with 16, and they've played two more games than the 49ers. The Steelers have one more takeaway, and they've played an extra game. The Rams, okay, they are second in the NFL in giveaways. They have 11 turnovers this year, seven interceptions and four fumbles. So I'm counting on whatever touchdown the Cooper Cup ends up scoring gets offset by Jared Goff vomiting all over everything. So that's my lineup for this week. So uh, uh, who's your flex again? I, I think I missed something. Cooper, Cooper Cup. Oh, okay. And then yeah, you yeah. have who? Who do you have at wide receiver? I'll run it back again. Yeah. Keenum, Mixon, Zeke, DJ Chark, do 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 do. Michael Gallup, Michael Thomas, Austin Hooper, Cooper Cup, and your San Francisco 49ers. So that's my lineup this week. So. Um, so I think that'll do it for this week. Evan did have to skedaddle. So Mike, do you have anything to add? Uh, Colts rule this week. Oh, they're not playing. Um, no, they they won't lose. Yeah. At least they won't lose. They won't lose. You want to talk some trash about Evan? He won't listen this far. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) Why does he want to drop everybody? Huh? What's the deal with that? Yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal with dropping everyone? That's my, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. So, all right, everybody. (laughs) That's enough of that. <laughs> for uh, for Mike, for Evan, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Jeff. You guys have a great evening. Bye.